Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's do it. Right to our VIP line. My friend, frequent guest of the show, former CIA acting director Michael Morell, long-suffering Cleveland Browns fan who, like the Denver Broncos, <laughs> have only two wins this year, Michael, so our dinner bet is a tie right now, and uh, I want to make sure I recommend to everybody uh, Michael's tremendous podcast called Intelligence Matters. I, I often, one of my favorite parts of the show is I get to meet really cool people and talk to really interesting people on the show, like Mike Morell, and then I go listen to Morell's last podcast, and he's got former Secretary of Defense James Mattis, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm I, I haven't reached the big leagues yet. <laughs> good morning, Michael. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I can't wait till Sunday in the big game. Yeah, Broncos, uh, Browns this Sunday. I will be on the sidelines holding the microphone. So, so, cool. uh, so cool. I, I picked that game just so I could harass you about it when the Broncos <laughs> win, but we'll see. Excellent. Okay, so I want to spend a little time with you on the uh, Baghdadi stuff and some of the comments that you made, you you and others. But before we get to some of that, first of all, were you in the sit room for the bin Laden thing? Uh, so great question. So the, the bin Laden raid was a CIA covert action. Um, so the, the, the line of authority went to the president, to uh, Director Panetta at CIA, to Bill McRaven. For a military operation, right, the line of authority goes from the president to the secretary of defense to the commander of the operation. In this case, it was a CIA covert action. So I was at CIA for the actual operation. And then as soon as it was over, I went to the sit room and joined the president. Wow. And when you were at CIA, were you in some kind of really cool room with all kinds of screens all over the place and watching as much as... You know, the video so feeds we were, would send? So we don't have a super cool operations center at CIA. It's kind of boring. People would be, be actually surprised to see it. So what we did was we actually created an operations center in the director's conference room, which was right across the hall from my office. And so we had tons of equipment in there. We had screens in there. but So it wasn't a cool room, but it was cool once all the stuff got in there. Hmm. I, I remember when I was in elementary school and the teacher had a big chart and they, uh, a big cart and they would roll it in with like a VCR and a TV sitting on top. Remember that from when you were a kid? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So yes, I'm. You watch Space Shot. <laughs> so that's probably what your office was like at CIA yes. on that, on that day. And give us just 30 seconds of what that experience was like for you. So, so just like in this case, we watched the raid, you know, because the special forces had cameras on their helmets and were communicating with each other. We could hear all of that and see all of that. So it was, you know, it, it, it was, it was very similar to what the president described as he was watching it in terms of, you know, the clarity of, of what you're seeing and the clarity of what you're hearing. So, you know, quite remarkable from that perspective. And then, you know, hearing the, the call, right. That uh, Geronimo in the case of bin Laden, that, that we think we got him. 
you know, was was a pretty remarkable moment. The helicopter crashing in the in the Abbottabad compound was a very scary moment. Um, I remember Secretary Gates uh, repeatedly saying in our meeting leading up to the bin Laden raid, you know, military operations very rarely go as planned. Something always goes wrong. And when that helicopter went down because of a because of a wind shear issue, you know, I was sitting there thinking, gosh, Secretary Gates was right. Hmm. But luckily, Bill McRaven had planned for that and called in another helicopter, so everything was okay. But um, there were some scary moments, and then there was the moment when, when we, of course, knew that or, or thought some level of certainty that we got him. Speaking of certainty, by the way, I saw a headline today that as far as the DNA test that they talked about doing on al-Baghdadi, you know, they had to have a sample to compare it to. Apparently, they had found some of his underwear at some other point in the past and compared it to a sample of DNA from his underwear. Uh, I'm not going to go any further with that because that just goes down a road I don't want to even think about. But anyway, I thought it was an interesting uh, little factoid. So you wrote a piece for The Washington Post that um, went up yesterday. And you've been talking a little bit on television as well about some things that you liked and some things that you didn't like about, uh, well, more of what you liked was the operation, more of what you didn't like was kind of how Trump talked about it later. But give us first um, some of the key positives other than the obvious that he's dead, that Baghdadi is dead. So the president acted decisively, um, and I think he deserves tremendous credit for that. You know, he was brought the information and he was brought the, the options and he made a decision and, um, you know, off we went. And I think he deserves great credit for that. You know, it is not easy for a commander in chief to send young men and young women into combat with some significant risk of casualties. And so he deserves credit for that decision. He also deserves a lot of credit for the option that he chose. I'm sure he was presented with multiple options, and I'm sure that one of those was a massive airstrike, you know, um, maybe 30, 40 bombs dropped from a couple of B-2s where you would literally put no U.S. service members at any significant risk whatsoever. That would have been the easy way out. Um, That would have been the easy way out for President Obama with bin Laden as well. But both President Trump and President Obama chose a much better option, but a riskier option for U.S. forces, and that's to put people on a helicopter and send them in to do the operation. And the reason that's so much better than, you know, a a massive airstrike is, number one, when you do it with a helicopter raid, you know with certainty whether the guy you're looking for was there, and you know with certainty whether you got him or not. Mm -hmm. Massive airstrike you don't, right? There can be some vagueness of war. They can claim he's still alive, that sort of thing. Two is you get the opportunity to collect intelligence. When you do a massive airstrike, you destroy all of that intelligence. Um, And then third, and this is really important, is that when you do a massive airstrike, you kill a lot of innocent people, including women and children. And when you go in and do a precision raid, you minimize collateral. And I think that's very important for the United States to show the world that when we go to war, we make an effort to minimize collateral damage. And so I think the president made all the right decisions here. He deserves a tremendous amount of credit. 
And then uh, afterwards, when the president got on television and, and announced what happened and talked about it and spent 48 minutes or something uh, answering questions after the announcement, there was part of that that in particular that I wanted to talk to you about that, that you didn't love. And we've got about two and a half minutes here, so you can just yeah. jump yeah. right in. You know, some of what he did was perfectly appropriate. Um, and I actually liked the fact that he provided some detail to the American public of of how this went down and what it actually looked like um, from the perspective of the soldiers that were there. I think that's important for the American people to know that. What I didn't like was kind of the pounding your chest um, over what happened here, the kind of locker room feeling that there was from time to time, um, the kind of demeaning, the demeaning of a dead body, uh, the talking about body parts, um, I don't like I, I didn't like that because that's not what America does. I mean, one of the one of the contexts I told you last night that I was going to put this in is American soldiers are not allowed to pose with the dead bodies of people that they killed. And there are two reasons for that. One reason is um, the U.S. military strongly believes and has for decades that it's inappropriate to demean a dead body, even if it's the dead body of your worst enemy. Um, and then. Even more important than that is, is when you do that, you actually incentivize people to, to extremism. So it has the opposite effect than what I think the president was trying to achieve. I think the president was trying to intimidate people from joining ISIS, intimidate ISIS leaders going forward. And I think it actually has the opposite effect. I think it, it actually... Um, um, radicalizes people further, actually gets people to join ISIS when they might not have otherwise. So I think it has the opposite effect, and, and, and that's what I was concerned about. The other thing, Ross, I was concerned about was the president's long dissertation on oil in Syria and how we were guarding it now to keep it from ISIS, but, you know, that some of that oil really belongs to us because, you know, we fought ISIS and, you know, we defended it. So we, we might send Exxon there and we're going to take some of that oil. And that just perpetuates a decades-long conspiracy theory that that's what U.S. foreign policy is all about, is grabbing the oil. And that's the only reason we're in the Middle East. And um, I don't think that's helpful. I think it perpetuates that, that, that conspiracy theory. And I think that helps our enemies. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's a small part of it, and I don't want to overstate that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we should be, we should be congratulating the president here. Um, but if I was his national security advisor, I'd say, great job, sir. I just have these couple little tweaks if we do this in, a few, in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm absolutely with you on the oil part. I'm not, I understand the risk that you're pointing out with might he radicalize people by talking about uh, al-Baghdadi being blown to pieces and dying, whimpering in a cave and all that. But I, m- my sense, and again, I, I realize your guess is, you know, the phrase is your guess is as good as mine, but your guess is probably better than mine. But my guess is that this guy was mostly so hated even in the Muslim world and the Arab world that the the message wasn't so much directed at people who might w- think about joining something like ISIS later, but rather at our allies and other people in the region saying, you know, the, the, the U.S. is back and, um, and we know who our enemies are and, and that kind of thing. So I didn't, I, I get the point you're making, but I'm not, I don't reach the yeah. same conclusion yeah. you do. I think the last thing I'd say is, 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 is I've taken a lot of criticism 
um, for saying what I said um, on Sunday about the president's comments. Um, and some people have even said, oh, he's an ISIS sympathizer. He must be sad that oh, Baghdadi's dead. You know, absolutely not true. I am so glad that Baghdadi is no longer among the living. Um, so I just want to make that absolutely clear. It is a good thing for America that he is gone. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm shocked and dismayed that you even have to say that, but okay. Uh, Michael Morell, former acting director of the CIA and host of the really tremendous Intelligence Matters podcast, a weekly podcast that I don't ever miss because Michael gets to talk to people that, well, frankly, even I would probably never be able to get on the show. So everyone check out Intelligence Matters. Michael, thanks so much for being with us as always. Great to be with you, and uh, go Browns on Sunday. <laughs> and go Broncos on Sunday. <laughs> All right. All right, take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.